Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. Glad to be able to share with you again today. We are talking about miracles to the Acts of the Apostles, and we kind of continue with that. Continued with that yesterday, and we saw in the in the passages yesterday that how people were. Uh, you know, people received some amazing, wonderful miracles uh, through the hands of the apostles and also on the, through the shadow. So when Peter's shadow fell on people, they were healed. And in fact, the miracles we see in the book of Acts there, uh, you, you can see it very clearly. It's not really the, uh, the miracles done by the apostles, but it is, it is miracles done by Jesus through his apostles. It's uh, the pattern continues. It is Jesus doing his wonderful works through the apostles, except that in the gospels, he did it himself in the flesh because he was amongst us in the flesh. And now uh, he's in the spirit through the apostles and, and, and he's, he continues to do his same work. And like in the ministry of Jesus, they were all healed. It was so uh, in 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 the book of the uh, in, in in the book of the Acts of the Apostles also, so and and we're going to talk more about this. But before we go into this, I want to share with you a, a little thought I had today, also like a testimony. One of the things that has happened to us in uh, you know in our crusades is that you know we see a lot of crippled people, uh, lame people, and people on crutches, and and there have been times when the Lord has told me. Tell the people to get up and to start running. Drop their crutches and 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 uh, get up from their wheelbarrows or wheelchairs, what whatever they have been carried in, and begin to run. And these are people who couldn't walk. And so I I basically said the spirit of the Lord is telling me that um, if you get up and begin to run, you'll be completely healed. So we have had people jump out of their wheelbarrows and wheelchairs and dropping their crutches and begin to run and dance and shout. And at times the Lord has said to me, tell them, begin to get up and dance. And people begin to dance and, and people are healed. And there, there are two things about this. Firstly, you can do this thing only if the Spirit of God is telling you to do it. You cannot do these things in the flesh because you do this in the flesh, nothing will happen. You have to, it has to be the Spirit of the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord always wants to do great things, not just once in a while, but all the time. But He can do so if we are actually hearing Him. And the best way to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord, if you were to ask me, is there one thing you could tell me to be, uh, you know, that would enable me to feel the impulses of the Holy Spirit and hear the voice of the Spirit. Well, there's a number of people, things you can do, you know, spend time in the Word, have an uncluttered mind and all those things. But the one thing you can do is pray in tongues a lot. If you pray in the Spirit a lot, what would happen is that it, de it desensitizes your flesh and your and your thoughts, you know, because your thoughts always get in the way. And it makes your spirit more sensitive to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when we pray in tongues a lot, when you lay in bed, pray in tongues, when you're driving your car, pray in tongues, when you are in the shower, pray in tongues. And the more you pray in the Spirit, the, the more sensitive you will be to the Holy Spirit. And those are the times God will speak to you. And sometimes God will just give you an impulse. Do this and you do it and a miracle will take place. Praise God. Anyway, let us go to our study in the book of Acts. And uh, But before I go into the scripture, I want to share something with you. That you see, um, in the book of Acts, if you, 
if you read the book of Acts and you hear what they preached, they did not preach a doctrine on healing. Now, there's nothing wrong with that in teaching on healing. I've done that. I taught, to 20, I taught a 21-hour-long uh, course on healing when I taught in Sweden at the Word of Life School. Uh, that time, that was the largest Bible college in, in Europe, and we had over around a thousand students at that time. And, uh, and, and it's good. It's good to teach on the doctrine of healing, but... Uh, if you want to see results, it's not the doctrine of healing. It is the simple gospel and the simple story of what Christ Jesus did for us upon the cross. In fact, the simpler you keep your message, the greater your results. Uh, teaching uh, uh, like a, the doctrine of healing helps people get a foundation and they, it helps them understand the scriptural background behind what they are doing. But if you notice in the book of Acts, it says it again and again, again. It says that with great power, they gave testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. So if you were to ask me, what did the apostles preach? Well, this is what they preached. They told people, they proclaimed that Jesus Christ, who was crucified, was risen from the dead and that they were witnesses of his resurrection and that the miracles were basically proof of the fact that Christ was risen because a dead Jesus cannot do anything, but a living Jesus does the same things that he did on his earthly walk. So the message was very simple. And as I said, uh, it is, I've always said this, I maintain this, that it is the simplest truths of the scripture that brings the greatest blessing to the people. We must always remember this. Now, nowadays, if you look at the church, we have almost become like... Uh, like in the Jewish tradition, because the Jews had the, had the scriptures, but then they came all these scholars and all these rabbis and they added their own interpretation after interpretation and explanation after explanation. So now they have got these books called the Talmud. The Talmud is the rabbi's explanation of the scriptures. And there are hundreds and hundreds of volumes that constitute the, the Talmud and they're like accumulated over thousands of years. And so what the Jews of today follow is not, the, uh, is not Mosaic law, but they follow Talmudic law or Rabbinical law. Uh, so what they believe is really uh, far from what the scriptures teach, because the scriptures are very simple, tell you do this and, and don't do that. But the Talmud is the rabbi's interpretation and they're very, very complicated. And that's what they have really ended up following. The, the Catholics have the same thing. They have the same Bible that we do. But then the revelations of the saints and the traditions of the church kept on piling up. And that's what they really practice. In practice, uh, uh, it's not the simple scripture. The Jews don't follow the simple uh, Torah, but it's the, it's the Talmud. It's the, uh, you know, it's, it's the interpretation of the Torah by the rabbis that is followed. And we tend to do the same thing, Pentecostals. We've got our position papers by scholars. You know, you go to any denomination's website, they'll have their position papers. And, 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 and then, you know, what their renowned theologians and, and, uh, and uh, scholars teach and give their interpretation. And often we end up with an end product that is really far removed from the simplicity of the scripture. And if you look at the writings of Paul, one of the things he did as an apostle was to defend the simplicity 
of the gospel. And beloved, that is something we must preach. We must fight for it and stand for it. That's why I honestly, I mean, I like to listen to scholars. I like to listen to what they have to say. But the moment they depart from the scriptures, I mean, they bring in their own philosoph philosophical uh, reasonings and, ra and rationalizing and, 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 and they go outside the scripture. Like I've been harping on this again and again. Things like, well, there are times, you know, people are not healed and there's a reason for that. And I think it's because of this and because of that. And, and the worst thing is when they say, well, sometimes God has a higher purpose. We don't understand. So at the end of the day, they end up contradicting, contradicting the scripture, uh, which says that Jesus bore everybody's sicknesses and carried all their diseases and by his stripes were healed. And their solution, their answer to these difficult questions is not that we should strive to seek God and fast and pray and, 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 and uh, go deep into the, uh, into the practice of Pentecostal doctrines and, and, the, you know, and preach the scriptures and believe the scriptures and press in for the presence and the power of God. But they kind of go out towards the intellectual realm and they want to drag all of us. And that is why you have a lot of powerless Pentecostals who are good people, who love Jesus, who care for people. Yes, they do all those things. You can't take that away from them. But we have too many powerless Pentecostals because uh, instead of pressing into the presence of God, pressing into prayer, pressing into seeking God, pressing and contending, that's a big word, contending for the power of God, they're trying to sit back and intellectualize and rationalize everything. And, that, and so we end up with something that is not pure, bare bones, book of Acts Christianity, but we end, end up with a Christian Pentecostal alternative of rabbinical or Talmudic Christianity, if you want me, if you understand what I mean. I don't mean to offend anybody, but this is something that has been a part of my life for a long time. I believe that we must defend and fight for the simplicity of the gospel. And if we want to do the works of Jesus and we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, then these, these things are the simplest things are the ones we have to grab a hold of and live them and practice them and spend more time on our knees than we do racking our brains because ultimately it is knee power and not brain power that will change the world. So I, with, with this uh, saying this, uh, I had to blow off a little bit of steam here. God bless you. Let's go to Acts chapter 9, all right? Acts chapter 9, verses 32 to 41. And it, come to, and it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came also to the saints which dwell at Lydda. And there he found a certain man called Aenus, which, uh, Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, um, Jesus Christ maketh the whole arise and make thy bed and he arose immediately. So this man was paralyzed and Peter came and just told him, Jesus Christ makes you whole, rise up and make your bed. And the man stood up. You know, that is commanding power when you speak the word and God does miracles. Hallelujah. And, um, and all that dwelled in Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. When people saw this miracle, they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple called Tabitha, by which interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. 
And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died when whom when they had washed and laid her in upper chamber. So there was a good lady who did a lot of things, helped a lot of people, a saintly woman, a disciple of Jesus, and she died. And they washed her body and they put her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. And Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the gar coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter got them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. Now, this is an interesting situation. This lady had died and there were lots of disciples there. But it looks like they did not attempt to raise her up. They knew that the lady was dead, but they, it seems to me that they did not make any attempt to raise her up, but they called for Peter who was in the neighboring town. Why did they do that? I don't know. Maybe they were, <coughs> they weren't in the, they were not in the same place spiritually as Peter was. And so they knew that they didn't, you know, have the anointing to raise up this dead woman. I don't know. It could be a myriad of different reasons. But the, uh, but the wise thing they did, they didn't say, well, you know, Peter, what makes him different from us? Uh, he thinks he's an apostle. We have the same Jesus. We have the same anointing. They didn't do that. They didn't have that attitude. But they recognized that Peter uh, was an apostle. He had the calling of God. He had the anointing of God. And look, l let me say this. All believers should pray for the sick. We should all pray for the sick. We should all develop in prayer for the sick. But there are times when, when we need somebody who is, uh, who, who I can say, whose faith is more well honed than ours, who, who has come further on in the things of God than we have. And, and these, you know, there are men and women of God who, who, are, uh, who are stronger than uh, we are who stand at a at a higher place, uh, you know, a, in the ministry, in the anointing, than than we do. And it is always good in cases like that to to ask them for. I do that. I do that. I'm in a situation, and uh, and 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 you know, I pray over it, and I'm in the ministry. But then uh, the Holy Spirit reminds me, call brother so and so. He is gifted by God. He's anointed by God. Call him to stand with you. So I called the brother. I said, brother, I'm in this situation. Could you please pray for me? And he prays for me. And immediately there's a release. And there is, listen, there is no harm in doing that. In fact, it is a good thing because we flow together as a body. And there are people uh, with different giftings. But sometimes there are people who stand in a higher level of anointing than I do. Uh, we, we, it's not a socialistic thing. Oh, we are all anointed. What makes the pastor different to me? What makes him think that he's special? Well, he is special. He's your pastor. He's in the fivefold ministry gift and you are not. And there is a significant difference in that. And it's good to recognize and it is good to, to honor the anointing upon men and women who God has called an anointing. Some people carry these powerful gifts and and, 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 and it's okay 
uh, when you think that you, you don't you, you don't always elevate yourself to their level and say we are ch all children of God we are equal yes we are all equal as children of God because Jesus Christ died for all of us but there is a difference in that there are different levels of anointing there are different levels in the offices people stand in and we should do that so these people they they recognize that Peter was an apostle he had walked with Jesus and 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 you know he was he 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 stood in a special place he because of the virtue of the anointing and the calling on his life and they recognized that so they said can you please come and pray for this lady and and let me tell you there is nothing wrong with doing that if you're in a church and in your church there is uh, uh, you know there's somebody uh, a man of god and uh, and and he has an extraordinary anointing upon his life and uh, and God uses him to heal the sick and there is somebody sick in your home. There's nothing wrong in calling that person, recognizing and honoring that anointing upon his life, asking him to come. Can you please come to my home and pray for this person? There's nothing wrong in doing that. I believe in the ministry of the believer. Yes, I believe that as God's children, we are all equal. But I also believe that there are men and women specially anointed by God who, who have got a very high level of faith and who are used by God more than I am, who carry gifting, giftings and anointings that are more powerful than those upon my life. And I do recognize them and I honor that. And I will gladly have them stand by me when I'm in a place of need and ask them to pray. So there is nothing wrong with that. So I want to send your mind at ease. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a good thing to, to have such people, to have access to such people. And if you do use them, call them, call upon the gifting and draw from what God has put in their lives. Draw from the gifting and the anointing that is upon other people. And then you will develop in, in, in your own gifting and anointing. Anyway, so Peter came and look at what Peter did. Verse 40, he says, Peter put them all out and he knelt and prayed. So, and turning him to the body, which means that Peter, actually what he did, it appears to me is that he, he told everybody to leave. He was alone in the room with the body and he turned away from the body. Uh, so instead of just raising her up when he entered into the room, he turned away from the body and he went on his knees and he prayed. Now, you know, there are times when if you want to see a miracle, you've got to pray yourself from a place of death to a place of life, from a cold place. I call it praying yourself out of a cold place to a hot place. Pray, pray out of uh, defeat to victory. And so, you know, because here Peter enters into the room and maybe his faith felt like a molehill, but the spirit of death was like a mountain. So he prayed until the that little molehill of faith he had became a mountain and the spirit of death was like a molehill. The position had changed. You must pray until there's a change of position when you have this assurance in your heart that you have overpowering uh, power over death and disease. And that's when you rise up like Peter, you, st st you stay and he said to Dorcas and said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And uh, I've seen that. I'll tell you that story another time when I saw a, a, a dead woman raised up in Burma. Uh, you know, I just prayed in tongues for like 
45 minutes or more. I just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed until the power came down and God raised up the woman. And sometimes you just have to do that. One prayer, one little prayer just won't do it. You just have to pray yourself to a position from a cold place to a hot place so as to say, and you have to pray, pray through, pray until the power comes down. And that's what Peter did. And he lifted her up and when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And uh, let's go to another example. And, um, um, and this I'm reading to you from Acts 19. Uh, um, Acts 19, uh, 11 and 12. It says, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick, handkerchiefs of ape or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, this is very important because here's what's basically saying that uh, uh, cloth can absorb the anointing, that uh, uh, the cloths, you know, like ap ap aprons and handkerchiefs and pieces of clothing that had touched Paul's body where, you know, the anointing went into the clothing. And so when those items of clothing were laid hands on people, they were healed. And uh, there's no explanation for it, except it's in the Bible. And I practice it myself. Prayer cloths, we have seen lots of results through prayer cloths. Uh, people ask us for prayer cloths. We pray over a prayer cloth and we pray that the anointing of God would permeate that token of faith and we send it out by mail and people get healed. I remember many, many, many years ago, I had a pastor friend and uh, this is a bit of a funny story. And uh, he told me, he says, uh, Brother Christopher, my this was in Sweden. He said, my aunt is in a mental hospital. She's completely crazy. Could you please go and uh, pray for her? So we went to the mental hospital to visit his aunt and we went in. It was a locked in facility. We went in there. So the nurse knew that this was her, ne her, his, her nephew. We went in there and the woman was completely mad. I mean, she was insane. And we prayed for her and she began to scream. I began to cast the devil out of her. She began to scream and the nurses came running and told us to leave. And, and I said to this pastor, I said, what was that about? She said, well, they don't like Christians. They don't know I'm a pastor. And uh, especially when they heard her screaming and they heard you praying in the name of Jesus, they asked us to leave. I said, can we pray over a prayer cloth? And uh, he says, no, no, we can't. They, they know about prayer cloths. Am I? He said that, you know, in Sweden, it's very secularized hospitals don't like any Christian things going on. They don't even like pastors to visit and preach. You know, I mean, if a woman, if a patient calls for a pastor, he can, she, he can come, but he can't do anything extra. He can give her communion or pray for her or whatever, but he can't do anything, you know, anything out of the ordinary. And so uh, they told me that they won't let you in again. So I said, well, we got to, we got to find some ways to get to her. So I said, I got a great idea. Let's go to a, 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 a shop where they sell chocolates and fruit. So we went to a shop and I bought a couple of bars of chocolates, bought some bananas. So I said, let's go back. So we thought we'd sneak a fast one on the devil. So we came back to the, into the mental hospital and we sat in the parking lot. I prayed over the bananas. I said, Lord, if you can anoint handkerchiefs and prayer cloths like I have done and because I prayed for socks and shirts and underwear and hats and everything. And I said, Lord, you can anoint this fruit and anoint these chocolates. So I said, go and give these to her. So 
He went in and this time the nurses examined what he had. He said, I just brought some chocolates and some bananas for my auntie and they let him go. Well, he went in about half an hour later, he came out with a big smile on his face. I said, what happened? He says, he said, I peeled off one banana and gave it to my aunt. He says, the moment she bit on that banana, the devils began to come out of her and she screamed. The nurses came in and they saw me sitting in the corner. I was not praying. You were not there. Nothing was going on and they calmed her down, but she was completely normal just taking a bite of that banana that carried the anointing of the Holy Spirit. She was completely free and we just both praise God. So listen, if you, this is in the word of God, put your faith in it. And uh, I pray, you know, I pray for handkerchiefs and things here in Lancaster, where I live years ago, I was doing meeting in my, uh, in my home church, the worship center. Years ago, I used to preach in the worship center. So I preached there and uh, one night uh, somebody came and said, could you please pray for a prayer cloth for uh, some, 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 some relative of theirs who lived right down the road from where I live. So I prayed for the handkerchief. So she took the handkerchief home. Next day she called me. She says, Brother Christopher, something interesting happened. I said, what happened? She said, well, I took the handkerchief to this lady and uh, and she I, and she took the handkerchief. She had such pains all over her body. She laid on the bed and lay on that handkerchief. And says, in the middle of the night, she woke up and her body was on fire. It was, she was sweating, and it was the handkerchief. She got up, touched the handkerchief. It was like hot, hot. You could barely touch it. And she woke her husband up and her husband had back trouble. So he lay on the handkerchief and he got hot and they both got healed. And then the both of them jumped into the car. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And they went with that handkerchief to their friends and relatives who were sick and woke them up and put the handkerchief on them. And a whole bunch of people were healed through that handkerchief. I'll never forget that. And God did that here, right here in Lancaster County. So what I'm saying, beloved, let us not retreat, but let us press forward in faith, believing God for great things. Amen. And uh, remember that we serve a great and mighty God. And, and I tell you what, the Bible days are still on today. Jesus hasn't changed. The Bible hasn't changed. He does the same things today that he did 2000 years ago. Let's pray together. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who can hear my voice. I ask you to touch them. I ask you to fill them with faith and with the power of your Holy Spirit, with your anointing upon their lives. And I pray for their homes, their families. I banish every sickness and disease in the name of Jesus, because you said, Lord, you would bless our food and our water and turn every sickness away from us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We glorify you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it, my friends. Um, if, if you have any questions or anything you want to say or any, any feedback, please do feel to write to me. We will continue with the book of Acts tomorrow, healing in the book of Acts. And then uh, day after tomorrow, I believe we'll be able to talk about uh, how you and I can minister to people and pray for the sake. And it's going to be interested and excited. And we will continue with that in, even after tomorrow. We'll go talk. We'll talk after we do that. You know, we'll further down the road. We'll talk about the gifts of the spirit. We'll talk about a lot of different things. And God bless you all in the name of Jesus. Bless you and your house and your family.